This is Ruthie G. welcoming you to the LibriVox 8th Anniversary Podcast. I've called this podcast New Beginnings for several reasons. One is the goings-on behind the scenes that most of you will be aware of. Another and just as important reason is to talk to some of our newer members about their experiences. But let's start at the very beginning, when LibriVox was only a twinkle in Hugh Maguire's eye. Hop into my time machine and let's nip back to August 2005. The idea behind the project is to take books which are in the public domain, specifically texts which are already available on the Internet through the Gutenberg project. So to take the text versions of these books, which are classics of English language mostly, and to ask volunteers to record voice versions, so to record an audio version of these books, a chapter at a time, and in that way hopefully create a library of audio recordings which are freely available to anyone who cares to hear them. So we've chosen one book to start and the project is just getting underway, but we're hoping to see snowball effect of volunteers who are interested in joining on. Some snowball, eh? Now over 5,000 readers from all over the globe have recorded something for LibriVox, and we're fast approaching our 7,000th release, with about three projects being catalogued every day. I don't think it's much of an exaggeration to say that we probably have a million listeners, Certainly we passed the 100 million download mark on the Internet Archive over a year ago, and some of our most popular titles have been downloaded over a million times. And that doesn't even count the many other ways that people get our recordings. Pretty amazing, eh? Now, the thing is, at the beginning there were only very few books being recorded, and very few people recording them. There wasn't a database, there wasn't an uploader, there wasn't even a forum right at the start. Originally, everything was done by posts and comments on a blog. But, of course, there wasn't so much of it then. In September 2005, the catalogue said, Complete, none yet, get busy on those microphones. As early as October the same year, the LibriVox forum came into being. And over the years, as LibriVox grew, good-hearted volunteers wrote software to make things easier to manage. The uploader, the database, and the magic windows which connect it with the forum. A file validation process, to make sure all the files had the right specs, volume, and metadata. Oh, if you've never heard that word, metadata, it just means the descriptive stuff, like what sort of file it is section titles, author, length of the recording, that kind of thing. And all the files need to have the right metadata so that this information can be understood by computers and such like. Anyhow, the point is that it all got much more complicated pretty quickly. We've been very fortunate in many ways, first and foremost with all our dedicated volunteers, and without the Internet Archive to host our completed recordings, LibriVox couldn't have taken off as it did. Thousands of gigabytes and the bandwidth requirement that makes your blood run cold. So, the upshot is, now we have over 600 projects all going at the same time. Thousands of readers, new volunteers every day. 
the whole structure has been creaking for years, and it would take very little for the whole house to come crashing down. Unfortunately, also, there are bad people out there on the Internet, as we found out first in 2010, when we had a massive attack of spammers registering on the forum, purely to further their nefarious ends. Over a hundred a day were registering, and it was increasingly difficult to tell the genuine from the spammers. And again, and more seriously still, in 2011, when we were subjected to a severe hacking attack. When I say hacking, I don't mean what you tend to see in the newspapers these days where someone's voicemail password has been guessed on their phone. This was a major attack on our systems and caused untold mayhem. Well, we picked ourselves up, dusted ourselves off and set to work to get everything, well, most things, working again. But the writing was on the wall. We needed new purpose-built, really secure software, and that doesn't come cheap. And in the past year or so, thank heavens, the Mellon Foundation has come to our aid with a grant to help us get that software written and operational. The Internet Archive is now helping us even more than before by hosting our working servers as well, where the forum, wiki, uploader and catalogue live. Please have no doubt about it, the Mellon Project has been a very complex undertaking. It's even been a massive task just transferring, checking and correcting nearly 7,000 projects produced over eight years with the many different flavours of our ever-evolving old back-end software. I know she won't want to be singled out, but I really can't miss this opportunity to say thank you to Joe Small here, not your average Joe on the forums. She has been an absolute tower of strength. There's really nothing more to be said. Thank you, Joe. And now the project is nearing completion. Things have changed rather rapidly since I first recorded this podcast. The current situation on Saturday the 10th of August at about midday GMT is this. The old magic windows will have been replaced in all the forum threads with the new magic windows, which link to the new database in what we call the section compilers, and you log into the section compilers using a new login. We've been contacting BCs and soloists, and will continue to do so, to tell them how to log in to the new system. Please see the important magic window announcement thread on the forum, which is being constantly updated with all the changes. Then it all starts happening rather quickly. Probably by the time you hear this, the new uploader will be in operation. The old one will still work as well, for the time being, but I'm sure that once you've tried the new one, you won't want to go back to the old. And then over the next week, the new project launch template will be introduced, and we can start adding new projects to the new system. There are quite a lot of you waiting patiently in the launch pad at the moment. After that, it will be a gradual rollout over the next few weeks. But I'd just like to say now that there are many improvements. But please, don't expect it to be perfect. Many things that we should like to do will have to wait a while, and there will be hiccups and things that need to be tweaked. 
please be patient as we all get familiar with new ways of doing things and try to sort out any problems that may arise. The purpose is to secure LibriVox's future and make us stronger, and that is a thing all of us want. Anyway, enough of that for now. Let's talk to some of our newer members. Hobbit did some interviews. Hello, all. I'm Eden Ray Hedrick, known on the forums as Hobbit, and this time last year I was pretty new at LibriVox, and I was thrilled to get interviewed in last year's anniversary podcast by Bob Gonzalez. This year I'm excited to be hosting the newbie interviews myself. So today I'm hosting interviews with three members who have joined LibriVox in the last seven months. Francis, who joined January 9th, Monica, who joined April 11th, and Sarah, who joined January 9th. So, my first question is, how did you discover LibriVox? What about it appealed to you? Francis? Well, it all started in 2012, where I finally paid attention to the or to volunteer part of each chapter. And my family had always loved LibriVox. Like, we'll go on the catalog and search for, you know, Wind in the Willows and listen to that at night, and it was so great. And um, I finally persuaded my mom to let me join LibriVox in January of 2013. And I've always loved reading to my little sisters, and um, reading to the public was just an opportunity that I couldn't miss because I love reading and um, I really want to share my love for reading through LibriVox. And Monica? Well, my husband told me one time long ago and I looked at LibriVox and thought, oh, okay, it would be great to record something, but I didn't have a recording set up at that time, so I simply forgot about it. Then, years later, I bought an ebook reader and was looking for books, so I found Project Gutenberg. And on Project Gutenberg, LibriVox was linked, and that's how I came to LibriVox. Sarah? Our family discovered LibriVox way back in 2010. We really enjoy listening to audiobooks, and it's so cool that LibriVox offers them for free. I have always been interested in recording audiobooks, but it was not until almost three years later that I joined LibriVox. I thought, well, it would be fun to record a section or two. I really got into it, and here I am now, with almost a hundred completed sections. What was the first project you got involved in after you joined? The first project I got involved in was... Um, the Children's Short Works Collection, Volume 18, and I read The Tale of Samuel Whiskers, and it was such a cute little children's book, and I just um, love Beatrix Potter and all her little stories, and that was uh, so much fun to read. And it did take a while, just because I still had to get used to Audacity and the editing. First project was the weekly poetry that was um, from Nesbitt for Dolly, who does not learn her lessons. Then, shortly after, I took a poem, can't remember which one, for the Multilingual Short Works Collection. The first project I got involved in after I joined was The Tale of Buster Bumblebee by Arthur Scott Bailey. The book coordinator, Phil Chenevere, was great. Then, a few days later, I contributed to a charming collection of short stories and verses for young children. Of the projects you've been involved in, 
Which has been your favorite or least favorite? My favorite project might be some of the dramatic works. At the moment, I'm taking part in The Marvelous Land of Oz, and I'm reading for the Sawhorse. Um, and this is so much fun because I like reading for the different characters because you get to use fun dialogue voices. My least favorite um, project might be The Treasure Chest of My Book House. And it was a wonderful story, but the only reason I'd say that is because it took forever to edit because it was about an hour long. And I had to submit it about three times because I kept on making mistakes. <laughs> and um, I finally got done with it in the end, and it's still a great book. Well, actually, there wasn't any project which was my favorite or least favorite because on every project I found something interesting. Every project had something different. There are the poems, there are the dramas. Now there are those German texts from Osiecki, which are a hundred years old, but they are so... they could be written nowadays. So, really, I can't tell which one is my favorite one. Of all the projects I've been involved in, I could probably say my favorite was my first solo, Anne of Green Gables by Lucy Maud Montgomery. I got the chance to work with a great group of people who really helped me improve my recording skills. They were very encouraging when I felt that I couldn't go on because I had 25 sections left to record. But I pushed through it, and it was so rewarding when my first solo was catalogued. All the books I'm involved in on LibriVox are pretty enjoyable for me, though. We're volunteers, so we mainly get involved in projects that interest us. What is your recording and or proof-listening setup like? Is there any particular time of day at which you like to record or proof-listen? I like going into the back room of our house, which is usually quiet to record, and I do it um, about from the middle of day, sometimes until dinner. Well, my recording setup, that's a pretty good microphone, uh, an analog one, and then I go through an external sound device into the PC. In the PC, I have Audacity, like pretty much everyone on LibriVox seems to have, and that's how I record my readings. Now, the times when I record... Well, preferably when my family is not at home, because they sometimes step in and make noise. But as that's usually throughout the day and people are working around, we have a nice construction site over on the other side of the road that sometimes doesn't work out that well. Sometimes when I'm awake, I like to record at night because that's very quiet and there's not much noise around. My recording setup is pretty simple. I record straight into my Mac desktop internal microphone and do my editing in Audacity, as many of the LibriVox volunteers seem to. I mostly either record super early in the morning or super late at night, because then I'm less likely to get interrupted by someone walking in the door of my office. As for my PLing setup, I have a nice pair of headphones that I sometimes listen through, but most of the time I just listen through the speakers of my computer, and that seems to work pretty well. I also PL in the car, 
because it's a nice way to pass the time. Do you prefer to record or proofless in works of any particular genre? I adored the dramatic works in the children's books because um, quite a few of them are shorter sections. And I like the shorter section because you can just finish them easily without editing and listening to the entire thing again. Well, the most fun, I think, are dramas, but poems are nice too. And that's pretty much the genres I prefer. I like to proofless in children's works. They're often quite cute, and the sections are usually relatively short, so I can peel them quickly. I also like to peel people's first solos. It's fun to have the same reader for the whole book. And I like to help newbies learn how to record their first solo. Do you have plans for any special LibriVox projects in the future? I hope to be see a dramatic work soon. And I'm thinking of doing Emily of New Moon because it comes into the public domain soon. And I'm really excited because I think that's a beautiful book. I'm just going to butt in here to warn Francis that U.S. copyright law means that, sadly, Emily of New Moon won't enter the public domain until 2019. But you'll be a veteran B.C. by then, Francis. And back to the interviews and Monica. Maybe when I feel more comfortable about BCing, one day I'll do Bavarian authors. There's one, Lena Grist, who lived pretty much about in the next village. So that would be really nice to do because I know the surroundings and it's just fun. And if possible, I will do it with different readers for the different roles. I hope to begin another solo in the next few weeks. I'm looking at the Tale of Freddy Firefly by Arthur Scott Bailey, and I'm thinking about doing the second book in the Anne of Green Gables series. Any final comments? I'm just really thankful LibriVox was started because I feel like it gives people the opportunity to listen to books for free, and it has books like Jane Austen and Charles Dickens, and some people might not have even heard of who those people are. And I feel like it's so good for those people to be able to listen um, to the wonderful authors. Thank you very much, Francis, Monica, and Sarah. We're glad you've joined us at LibriVox, and we hope you'll enjoy many more months of LibriVoxing in the future. Thank you, Eden. One of the lovely things about LibriVox is the range of people here. We have readers and proof listeners from all parts of the globe. There have been readers under ten years old, and there's quite a bunch of under-eighteens. But also we have very prolific readers in their seventies and eighties. It appeals to all generations. I don't think I have ever heard of anyone over ninety, but you may know better. How lovely it is, even if your grandchildren or great-grandchildren live on the other side of the world, for them to be able to listen to stories their granny or great-grandad is reading. And what a legacy for the great-great-great-grandchildren! Here's Maria, Common Sparrow 3 on the forums, telling us about her experiences here at LibriVox, and about her latest recruit. I'd been listening to LibriVox for about a year before I started recording. I thought the reading part sounded like a lot of fun but I was a little intimidated by the audio recording technical side of things. 
When I first came on here, I knew next to nothing about audio recording. But it turns out you've got one of the most helpful forums I've ever seen anywhere. There are people here who do know all about audio recording, and they're willing to explain it to us greenhorns in plain, simple language, with instruction sheets and diagrams and videos that we can actually understand. There are people here who will answer your questions without making you feel dumb for asking them, and who will correct your mistakes gently and with a great sense of humor. This is probably the friendliest bunch of people I've met on the Internet anywhere. They say you should always be learning new things because it keeps your brain sharp. Well, I've learned so many new things since I came here. If there's anyone out there who thinks you'd like to record for LibriVox and you're afraid of the technical side of things, don't be. If someone my age and with my lack of computer experience can do this, then it can't be that hard. My absolute favorite project that I've worked on since I came here has been the Underground Railroad William Still memoir. That is just mind-blowingly wonderful to anybody who likes first-hand history. And I am so lucky to have been able to get in on this and read these wonderful stories. I've also read some Polish fairy tales and some of Howard Pyle's wonder book stories and sent the link to a niece I have who lives out of state so that her children can listen to their great-aunt reading them stories that their great-great-grandmother read to me. The most fun I've had just recently has been roping my father into LibriVox. Many years ago, when I was a little girl, he was active in amateur theater. One of the roles he was most famous for was Scrub in the restoration comedy Bow Stratagem. I recently discovered LibriVox's recording bow stratagem, and the role of Scrub was not taken yet. So I put it up to my father, would you like to read it? He is having a whale of a time, and I am having a whale of a time watching him get so into this. I've had a wonderful time here for the last few months, and I'm looking forward to going on having a wonderful time, both listening and recording books. Thank you, Maria, and your father. Piotr, Piotrek 81 on the forums, has been at LibriVox a little longer, joining 18 months ago, and is now branching out into new areas. Hi, this is Piotrek 81. Uh, in the recent year I had a few new LV-related ideas in mind. Well, I thought about BCing a group project, about editing a play, maybe about making a short video in Polish publicizing LibriVox. And um, each of these things would allow me to branch out into a new territory and possibly to learn some new skills. So far I've tried the first two, that is, um, BCing and editing. Uh, for a group, for my first group project, I picked The Deluge, which is an English translation of one of the most famous Polish novels. Needless to say, I had lots of questions about the ins and outs of the job. But fortunately, friendly folks here gave me lots of tips and encouragement. Uh, you know who you are. The project got stuck after a few initial chapters, but I hope it will pick up speed at some point. Well, I hope so. It's a long one, so even if it goes fast, it's going to take a lot of time, especially seeing as there are two volumes to it. Another idea was to edit a play. I started by editing a small piece in a project set up by Cat specifically so that people could have a go at editing. It was actually a great idea. It was interesting, although I would say it was also a bit confusing, because I had to juggle several tracks in the Audacity, which 
well, confused me a lot. Right now I'm about to start editing an, a one-act play, which has several characters and many exchanges, so no doubt it'll take me some time before I get to the end. But I hope I'll be able to learn something in the process, and it will turn out to be not only fun, but also useful. And interestingly, um, somewhere towards the end of the last year, I also did a project together with Pag, which somewhat resembled the editing of a play, although basically there were only two of us. It was a bilingual recording of a series of Polish poems, together with an English translation, with me doing the Polish and Pag reading the English translation, Obviously, there were only two tracks, so it wasn't really that complex. But I think it's, it is in some ways similar. And, um, well, to sum up, I think that LibriVox is a great place if one wants to develop skills, have a great time of literature in a friendly atmosphere, so keep up doing the great job. Bye. Thank you, Piotr. Well, perhaps, après nous, le déluge, and you'll find a flood of volunteers to read for your book. I hope so. It certainly looks a fine novel, and the author won the Nobel Prize in Literature. His best-known work, at least in the English-speaking world, is Quo Vadis. Piotr has included a pronunciation guide for the Polish names in the book, so it isn't so scary. One of the common misconceptions among new readers at LibriVox is that the old hands open audacity, start reading, and get to the end without making any mistakes. How wrong can you be? There can be all kinds of mishaps, the phone ringing, the dog barking, or motorbikes roaring past, workmen on ladders, or elephants dancing in an adjoining room and unexpected visitations from small siblings. I don't have any of those to hand, but a lot of our readers do. And not just that. A sentence doesn't go how you think it's going to go, or a word just won't come out right. Here is Sarah with a selection of them. Hello, my name is Sarah, known on the forums as Wooly Bee, and this year I'm delighted to have put together the LibriVox 8th Anniversary Podcast Blooper Reel. All year every year we post our bloopers in one thread, and this year I went back through the thread, looked for the funniest bloopers, and put them all together in a blooper reel. So thank you very much for listening to the podcast, and happy birthday, LibriVox. Mary's voice. <coughs> Mary's voice. All right. Oh, crap, it didn't sound like that. Oh, great. <clears throat> All right. Smells of the same tobacco. Smell, smells, smells. Smells of the same tobacco. Bye. Oh, dang. People were pleased to find that people pi- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that one will work. <laughs> he was all kindly solicited. He was all kindly solicited. He was all kindly solicit. He was all kindly solicit. Oh my God! He was all kindly solicitousness. No, hath not. Rosalind lacks then the love which teacheth, which, which teacheth. Oh my! And their relations with each other. <coughs> 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 <coughs>
there came a message from Lincoln to let the old man in, and he turned his back on plenipo and he turned his back on plenipotentary and he turned his back on plenipotentiaries, plenipotentiaries, and he turned his back on plenipotentiaries. Without answering, the thinking machine drew a chair up on up under. Under the chandelier, where the gas and electric fixtures weren't begin to finger the gas tips. After a while, he climbed down and passed into the next room. With Hatch and Cabell both hopelessly mystified of following. <sighs> Chandelier. Chandelier. Chan Chandelier. 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 Do you want to say something to the mic? Yeah. Hello, Mike. I know what. Oh, Booker. <laughs> yeah, it's a button. <laughs> Lucy! What? Just let her in quietly. No, she annoys me. Wait, where did the baby go? Baby's here. Dinner's going to be ready now. Hello. Trying to record this. What? Yeah. Hello, Emily. And she leads a life so gay and exciting that she never finds time to be sad, even over the... Even over the... Even over the... Even over the disappointment... <laughs> even over the disappointment of her dear friend, poor little Tortorelle. Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. Testing. Treasure Island. Dang it. Testing. Treasure Island by Robert. Okay. Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. Chapter 33. I know, I'm getting anything up now. Charlie? Yep. What nice did Charles make? A sentinel was standing before the door, and there were numbers of soldiers about with kettles dr kettles. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Kettle drums, that should be. Kettle drums. <laughs> Cup of tea. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to the LibriVox 8th Anniversary Podcast Blooper Reel. Thank you, Sarah. I have to add another that popped up in a project thread. Here is Malone, Bropop's four on the forum, having a bit of difficulty with Monsieur Escoffier's instructions. Stir over the fire until the boil is reached. Set to cook for five minutes while gently wielding the whisk. And <laughs> Embrace your bloopers. You can always snip them out afterwards and post them on the blooper thread. If our primary purpose here is making public domain audiobooks, a very important secondary purpose is having fun. Remember Zippy the Pinhead? Are we having fun yet? Well, I hope you've reached the stage of having as much fun as I do. I love anniversaries, so let me put in a word for the 8th anniversary collection. From travelogues to taxes, 
lectures to love letters, songs to science, politics to poetry and pirates in seven languages. There's something here for everybody, and some stories that I guarantee you've never heard before. If anything demonstrates the success of LibriVox in appealing to speakers of many languages and listeners of all tastes, this is it. You'll hear the last item of the collection with a cast of twenty-five intrepid LibriVoxateers at the end of this podcast. But now, back in the time machine for a moment to hear what Hugh and Paula Berenstein foresaw for the future. I think that Audiobooks in general, I think there's a really great unexploited creative space there, and I know I certainly enjoy listening to them, so I hope that podcasting maybe gives a means for that format of literature to explode in the ears of listeners all over the world. I think it will, and I can't wait for it to happen. And I bet even Hugh and Paula didn't think it would get this big. And now here's Hugh to wish us all a happy birthday. Hugh. Hello there, and happy 8th anniversary to LibriVox. Uh, I apologize for the quality of this sound. All my recording gear has gone off to a friend's place, um, and so I'm recording just on the pinhole mic, so hopefully this is okay. Um, it's Hugh here, in case you didn't know, uh, sometimes known as the founder of LibriVox, and I just wanted to wish everyone a very happy and fruitful 8th anniversary of LibriVox. It's been amazing to watch the growth of the project, and I'm excited to see the next 8 years and 80 years of free public domain audiobook making. wanted to say as well a big thank you uh, to the hard work that's been going on in the background that most people don't know too much about, but uh, we've been rebuilding all of the workflow software, uh, which has been a huge, huge task. Um, and rebuilding the website as well for the front end for listeners who visit LibriVox.org. So it's been a huge task and a huge project and uh, an awful lot of work has gone into it. I'd like to single out a, a few volunteers who put in a huge amount of time and effort, uh, particularly Joe, who's worked so hard to make sure that the workflow tool is um, tested and working the way we expect it to. Corey, who's been at this project for a year, helping get it uh, off the ground. And a couple of other testers, uh, in particular, Trisha and Ruthie, who've worked hard uh, poking around at things as well and as we've been developing the software. And also anyone else who's been testing and encouraging the group. And finally, to the team of uh, contractors who we've hired, the great team who's been working very hard uh, Val, the project manager, Sonia, designer, um, Artem, who runs the systems, and especially Jeff, who's the developer tasked with unpacking the labyrinthine uh, ways of LibriVox and rebuilding it into a new set of software. So thanks so much to all of you who've helped make this happen. And thanks as well to the Mellon Foundation who provided the funding for this project, um, and to all of those of you who have donated to LibriVox um, over the last uh, month or so to help um, help uh, pay for costs going forward. And finally, a big, big thank you to the Internet Archive, uh, Brewster and the team there who host our infrastructure now and have just been so helpful in providing us with a home uh, so that we don't have to worry about things like lawyers and uh, bank accounts. Uh, 
And that leaves us more time to do the stuff that we love to do at LibriVox, which is make audio recordings of public domain texts and give them away for free. So my final thank you goes out to all of you volunteers who spend so much time and passion and effort on this project that really is, I think, a wonderful thing. So thank you to all of you, and sorry for the audio quality, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Hugh. And don't worry about the audio quality. It was much better than that 2005 interview. As Hugh said, our heartfelt thanks to all who have donated so far. If you have been meaning to and haven't got round to it yet, we had reached about half of our $50,000 target by the end of July, so we still have a way to go. And if you can see your way to sending a few dollars, we will get there sooner. LibriVox.org slash donate hyphen to hyphen LibriVox is where you will find the ways that you can donate. And now, in the time-honoured manner, the moment you have all been waiting for. Mysteries and histories, adventures and romance. Dramatic works and poetry, and even song and dance. All you need is a microphone, so let me just explain. The books are out of copyright and all public domain. Outside, the people started shouting, Hooray! Said I, get out your microphones and start to read today. Yay! Oh, LibriVox is eight eighties. LibriVox is eight eighties, ladies. We've been going since 2005, and every year we seem to grow. Shakespeare, Shaw, and Stein. Lots of science fiction, too, if that's more in your mind. In English, Spanish, French, and German, Dutch, and Portuguese. Japanese. Whatever people want to read, we always try to please. If you find your favorites, then record it, don't be blue. Oh, no. We always like a choice of voice, so you can read it, too. Oh, oh, LibriVox is eight, it is. LibriVox is eight, We've been going since 2005 And every year we seem to grow and thrive So come join us and leave the walk Come join us Record books that you've never seen before Seen before We've had eight great years of LibriVox It's fun Now let's make it eight years more Eight more 
LibriVox is eight, it is. LibriVox is eight, it is, it is. We've been going since the bells of that fire, and every year we seem to grow and thrive. So come and join us at LibriVox. LibriVox. LibriVox that you've never seen before. We've had eight great years of LibriVox. Happy birthday, LibriVox.